Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from the Revelation to St. John chapter 1, where we read as follows. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. In the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. This is God's word. Perhaps no book of the Bible is as misunderstood as the book of Revelation. And naturally, it's a very challenging book to read. And it has various different interpretations depending, especially what kind of church you go to. We as Lutherans try to read it as the church historically has read it. And we're not going to be able to pull apart everything about Revelation in the course of six sermons, but we can at the very least approach it with a different attitude. Because a lot of people think the book of Revelation is a book that strikes fear into the hearts of Christians. After all, it's filled with plagues and judgments and antichrists and bad things that are foretold. Well, there's some truth to that, but the bad things that are expressly foretold in Revelation are meant to occur and happen to the people who oppose the church. For Christians, the book of Revelation is meant to be a book of hope and comfort. We did a pretty long study on the book of Revelation back in 2019 on our Thursday morning Bible study. And we took a chapter a week and pulled apart some of the details of it. But I want you to remember this especially. The book of Revelation is meant to comfort Christians. There's a few things to understand about how you read it, like numbers have significant meaning in there, and we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. But by and large, the most important thing to remember is you should find comfort in these pages. Because in the book of Revelation, just like throughout all of Holy Scripture, Jesus Christ our Lord is revealed to us. Isn't that, after all, the name of the book, Revelation? What is it that is revealed to us as the people of God? It is hope and comfort in Christ our Lord. Now that might seem a little strange to come by as you look at this first reading out of Revelation chapter 1. Where there's a picture of one like a son of man that St. John sees. And he is not a friendly looking character, is he? And you know who this one is who appears to John, the one speaking. If you have a red-letter Bible, you will see that the words of this one speaking to St. John is none other than Jesus Christ himself. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the one who is the beginning and the end. He is the one who was dead, but now is alive forevermore. The one with the keys of death. And Hades, Hades being the grave, not so much hell. Little note there. But John sees a vision of Jesus that is unlike anything we're accustomed to seeing. 
we've seen Jesus depicted in all sorts of different ways. And you're probably accustomed to seeing Jesus depicted in one of two ways. Either you see him in his crucifixion, right, where he's hanging from a cross, and you can tell he is in agony and in suffering. Or you see him with golden brown, long flowing hair and a beard and sparkling blue eyes, and he's a really friendly sort of looking Jesus. He's the sort of guy you'd trust your kids around. He's the sort of guy you'd like to sit down and crack open a beer with and share a few stories with. That's the way we're used to seeing Jesus depicted. Not like John sees him in Revelation. I remember at my parish in Bear Creek, Wisconsin that I served before I went to the mission field, I asked one of the little Sunday school kids in our congregation who was probably about eight or nine years old at the time, She was a real creative, um, ambitious sort of child. And so I asked her one day after her parents had been in Bible study, I said, Amber, would you mind going home, taking out a Bible, reading Revelation chapter 1, and draw a picture of Jesus as he's described in Revelation 1? She said, okay. And when she came back, she was very, very puzzled because this was unlike any picture of Jesus any of us have ever seen. I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. Now, the number seven, especially in the book of Revelation, is God's number of completeness. God created the world in seven days, six days of creating and one day of resting. So the seven lampstands somehow implies completeness. In the midst of the lamp stands one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. Well, that sounds a little bit like Jesus. We hear him called the son of man throughout the Gospels. He's wearing a long robe, and that's how we usually see Jesus. He has a golden sash around his chest. We're used to seeing red for some reason, but whatever. We can go with that. Now pick up at verse 14 and listen to how John describes the one he sees. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, And his face was like the sun shining in full strength. When I saw him, John says, I fell at his feet as though dead. Who can blame St. John when you see one who looks like that? Now, we can't possibly pull apart all these different things that are described about Jesus, but we can make some general observations about them in the time given by a sermon. And that is... That the sort of language that John uses to describe Jesus is Old Testament language. We hear the prophets, particularly Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. They use this sort of language all the time when they speak of the Lord God. And therein is the key. This one, this Jesus, is God. 
He has the power and the might and the glory of God himself. You see, we're a bit obsessed as the church today with describing Jesus in very, very human terms. And naturally, because he is fully human. Human in every way that we are human. Albeit without sin. But he is also at the very same time. Fully and totally and completely God himself. And that's why it's good for us to see Jesus in this way. That's why there is comfort in what John sees. Though it might sound terrifying to see one with hair who's, that's white like wool and flaming eyes and a sword coming out of his mouth. This Jesus, this Lord and Savior of yours and mine has all the power of God himself. And God forgive us for ever wanting or desiring a wimpy Jesus. Because I think we do fall guilty of that all too often. We want to emphasize so much that Jesus is human That he relates to us. That we forget precisely how different from us he is as well. And you need a Jesus who is both. One who is fully human. That he might die. But one who is fully God. So that he might overcome death. This one who appears to St. John says, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. Jesus here reveals his power. Power over the greatest enemy that attacks us day in and day out and week in and week out and year after year. What is the enemy that is around us on all sides and even within us? It is death. Sin, Satan, death, that unholy trinity that are after us no matter where we go. And that's something I can relate to, you can relate to, and every single person you meet can understand. Though a person not know Christ, though they not know God and his love and his salvation, they know death. It is the greatest enemy that there is, and Jesus has overcome it. Jesus has the keys that lock and unlock it. And in Holy Scripture, he gives those keys to us, his church. Jesus appeared to his apostles on the evening of the first Easter. And he spoke a word to them that I hope you caught as you were listening to the gospel. If not, let me go back and look at it. In John chapter 20. 
Remember I said numbers are important in the Bible, especially in Revelation? Well, when something is repeated in the Bible, that's a very Hebrew way of saying, pay attention. What's the one word that Jesus repeats three times in our gospel from John 20? Peace. Peace be with you. It's in the text three times from John 20. The risen Lord Jesus Christ appears to his apostles and says to them, Peace. The last they had seen of him, he had been hauled off in his arrest, taken to be beaten and tortured and nailed upon a cross to shed his blood and to suffer and die. And as we've reiterated last week, we'll so do again this week, the dead aren't supposed to live in our experience, and yet Jesus does. It could be a terrifying thing to see that sort of Jesus appear among you. The one who had been dead but now is alive forevermore. But Jesus has power over death. And as he gives his disciples the command to go out and forgive sins. He places that power in their hands. So that they would take power from God himself. From Jesus himself. And go and proclaim that in him Jesus Christ Sin is forgiven and death is overcome. That's our message. That's what the church is to proclaim. Forgiveness. Victory over sin, death, and the grave. We have a word that is powerful. Because it is the power of Jesus himself. The power of him who has the keys of death and Hades. The one who behold is alive forevermore. Because in that word given by Jesus, sin is forgiven and death loses its power. We can talk about one of those things about Jesus, and I will highlight that here at the end. The sword that comes from his mouth. The writer of the Hebrews says, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. St. Paul in Ephesians, in that famous armor of God text, says that the sword of the Spirit is God's word. Our weapon against sin, against Satan, against death itself is God's word. Jesus, in fact, as John reminds us at the beginning of his gospel, is the word made flesh. Where that word is, Jesus is. And he is there with power. That power Today, dear friends, breaks death, breaks sin, breaks Satan's grip. And in him, you have life that never fails. 
Thanks be to God that Jesus reveals this power unto us and has that power forevermore. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.